welcome everyone to the L7C podcast, My Hero Academia edition. That is right, a My Hero Academia edition podcast. I know we have been on a little hiatus. Our last one was the 100th episode that we did, and we did the special on that back June 15th. So it's been over a month, but we are back and we are going to cover all the episodes that we have not covered. And we have our My Hero enthusiast, Andrea, with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Sorry, everybody, about the delay. That was my bad. But we're back. And it's not like they didn't hear you. You've been on the Naruto What If Battles. That, that's true. That's true. Check those out if you haven't. But this is your domain, the My Hero Academia. And yeah, we're, we're back. And let's just get like right into it. I just want to do a quick, quick um, recap after the 100th episode. 101 was just a cute Christmas episode. Uh, you got to see the cutest little maybe anime girl out there right now, Aerie, in her Santa outfit. So that was super cool. And she also got the holiday wrong. It yeah, was so adorable. That, yeah, that was bad. She kept, Well, it wasn't bad, but it was just funny that she kept mixing up the holidays. The biggest thing that we learned about 101 was the dud, dud quirks from what the guy who can copy. He Monoma, was ex- Monoma, yeah. He was explaining what duds were. That was a big thing. Uh, 102, they started the... Uh, new work-study internships, and Midoriya and Bakugo are at Endeavor's agency because Todoroki invited them, so you got to see that. And then we'll start from our review from at the end of that episode. Um, Hawks gives Endeavor a book, and he highlights certain words, and Endeavor's going through it, and we learn that we are in My Hero Academia's war arc because a war is... Pending. Pending. So then we will go into... Right into episode 103. Uh, Andrew, what things did you have highlighted about episode 103? Well, for 103, it was also, you know, reiterating. I feel like the first couple episodes after episode 101 have just kind of been hitting on that. The liberation movement, as mm-hmm. it's called. Um, we also get a glimpse, I believe it is it in 102, a glimpse of some heroes that have turned turn sides to the liberation movement, which from what I understand is kind of more so that people are able to use their quirks freely. So that could be, you know, um, something the heroes want in the sense that they're not so regulated and they can just do whatever they want with their quirks. Plus, as we see a little bit later on in the episodes, it kind of comes forefront of, you know, the idea that you can't be killing villains. Um, and you kind of, you know, for me, that beckons back to the whole kind of like DC Marvel differences. And Marvel, the gloves come off, and DC, it's like, no, we don't want to actually kill them. So I feel like that might be a motivating factor, at least a little bit, for some of the turncoats in the Liberation Army. Yeah, and in that meeting, too, I'm blanking on his name, but one of the heroes that was just shown when Bakugo and Todoroki were coming back from getting their licenses with All Might. Uh, he was there as a hero. It was, I think it was close to nighttime. Yeah. And then the next day when Hawks is at the meeting or whatever, he's there. So we're like, hmm. Really? Just the one? Th- I, I refer to him in my mind as uh, Twinkle Toes because he's somehow floating on his tiptoes at all times. And he's in a super yeah. hero pose at all times, too. So it was just hella ironic. And then there's this guy who we don't know yet who's on a computer still trying to figure out who he is. Right. But- to go from that to 103 also, we have Hawks. He's meeting basically with most of the members of the League of Villains. And there's also some people there that we don't, don't know. know. Um, they're all covered, like, 
faces are covered. They're in like a dark board meeting. Uh, since you brought Marvel with DC, just think about when Nick Fury was talking to like the Security Council and like their faces blocked out or like holograms, things like that. So Hawks is meeting with them, and we see this guy in a suit who we don't know who he is yet. Uh, he was sitting in the middle too, like right, if you put it right. like side. So typically. If you're in the middle, you're technically the boss or the leader of some sort. And Shigaraki wasn't there at that meeting, which was surprising for me, but I know, uh... Oh, I'm forgetting her name right now. Oh, um... Deku's lover? <laughs> sure. Air quotes on lover. Um, Himiko? Is that her first name? Oh, uh, uh, it starts with a T. Oh, but she no. was there, and she literally said, Oh my gosh, it's my Izuku on the screen. Oh, yeah. And then twice was, you know, twice. Oh my goodness, what's her name? Toga. There you Toga. go. Toga. Yes, and Toga it's mentions. It's funny too, because I was looking through the pictures, because you did a My Hero quiz, and that was a villain that you were yeah. most related to. Yeah, let's not go into that. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, basically, she kind of mentions that in the four months' time, because that's part of the code that um, Endeavor needed to crack from Hops. Mm-hmm. Um. Shigaraki was kind of going to make the entire country implode. And I'm wondering how exactly that's supposed to play out because she specifically used the word boom and he doesn't have an explosive quirk. And typically his quirk, the way we've seen it used, is he has to be able to physically touch most people. And we are also getting towards the later episodes. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit in like 104, 105, where... We're going back to those quirk-enhancing drugs. So I'm like, huh, is that going to tie in for him to be able to, you know, essentially disintegrate people without touching them? I would say with the Shigaragi blowing up the stuff, if you remember earlier, I think it was the end of one, 101 post credit scene, it was Shigaraki bloodied up the whole place destroyed. That's true. So that was probably the foreshadowing of what we're about to see. That's true. So that was that with him and then... You go to Endeavor, and he's asking um, Bakugo and Midoriya to talk about themselves. And <laughs> Midoriya goes full Midoriya mode, speaks it out, and to everyone else's surprise, Endeavor completely understands Understood. what Midoriya is talking about. And then he told them what to improve. He told Bakugo, um, with Midoriya, and then Shoto didn't say anything. I know he talked about that flash, fire fist, whatever move. Yeah. But my biggest problem with that, and you have been... I think the one harping on this the most that I've listened to on YouTube is that Todoroki should have said the thing he needs to improve is hand-to-hand combat. Thank and he you. did not say a yes. When I saw that scene, I was like, oh, well. Here we go. Somebody, somebody, somebody bring it in. Yes. Oh, just because, I mean, Endeavor kind of beat him to the, not to be punny, but to the punch of mm-hmm. like, yeah, I know you're here about the flash fist, blah, 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 blah. Which is, you know, expected, but it's just, seriously, Endeavor, like, you are such a physical fighter. Why is nobody trying to get Todoroki to throw punches? Like, mm-hmm. what? Like, ugh. Yes. So, that's... Mm. So, I was a little upset that Todoroki didn't bring up at, like, the Class 1A, Class 1B. It's like, when people get people get close to me, I can't really do anything because I'll get punched and I don't know how to punch back. Like, I've actually tried to remember how many times he's actually thrown a punch. In the entire series, because usually it's yeah, it's usually just ice or fire. He's never like physically 
hit somebody. Thrown a punch. No. Or defended a punch. Because in the movie, in Heroes Rising, I mean, he gets on top of the, I forget that villain's name, but essentially he's kind of like a chimera, the combination mm-hmm. of different three different creatures. He just stuffs his hand down his throat and, and freezes him, him yep. from the inside out. Like, that's as physical, I guess, as he's gotten with somebody that I can remember. Yeah, so that's a oh. thing I was thinking about, too, and watching that. And then I think the only other thing I had from 103 is, like, when they were doing uh, the assignment, Saving People, and Endeavor brought up the thing about parallel processing. Yeah. Which I actually thought was a very cool concept because when he's, like, talk, uh, he talks about the example of a guy driving the car and he's like you learned how to do all this stuff which is true but now it's second nature like you don't times, need to think about it because there are times now it's like if i know where i'm going like to like driving from a place to home and it's just like you don't even think about you're just there you are or like it's one of those things where it not that it's safe not recommended that this happens but you know like your brain kind of just goes on autopilot pilot mm-hmm. at that point which as you're driving is not good but it does highlight the idea of parallel processing that once you do something enough it's going to become second nature and he's really trying to drive (laughs) drive that home for the for the students of you know practice being able to summon up all of your energy release it in a moment's notice and try to figure out how you can whittle down the thinking process over time at least in one or two of these aspects so it's saving you moments minutes which makes all the difference Mm -hmm. anything else that you had in 103 103 um i i think it probably started in 102 maybe 101 i just again it's it's been a moment Mm -hmm. um but the ending credits um i think really foreshadows some of hawks's backstory with the endeavor puppet on the floor you kind of see you, you don't see a body pick it up, you just see a hand, and it's a, a child's hand. And then at the very end of the outro, you see, you know, the three, our three fledgling heroes, and Endeavor behind them, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. but then Hawks' feathers are floating in front of them, because essentially at this point, Hawks is the only one creating a thin layer of protection around everybody because he has all the information. He's trying to trickle that down to Endeavor, and he has successfully so far. Um, There's still more information that's needed, of course, but it's like, uh, I am very excited for when we actually get full backstory. So then we go to 104, and this is a lady-centric episode. Completely. Completely. You have Najiri Hado, the big three top lady at the school. You have Sue. You have Uraraka, um, you have those three with their agency, and they get the call from literally the SEAL hero that Froppy was with in season two mm-hmm. to what you talked about earlier, stopping, we have more quirk-enhancing drugs on the street. Um, so this was a good change of pace to see those heroes being featured. Um, I do have a slight with that one though is that <laughs> the fact is that again if this was like this was a lady centric it was full of ladies i guess to show who the top people are but momo was not in this episode momo was not in the episode which i was just like wait we have uraka froppy you have nedri and they're with um the dragon uh right raikyu raikyu the number 10 ranked hero this is and then you go to the seal hero who's with his um, student who's a girl, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if this is girl power, where's 
Momo. I don't even know where she's like who I she's know. with. I know we don't. We haven't seen who she's gone to for her work study. We haven't seen that. But that was the only thing I had with that. But this was like a more before the action, a slice of life episode because yeah. the seal was telling like when they experience this peace, they're gonna want to protect it, and they do make a callback to it when Uraraka has. Man, we keep saying this anytime she does something. Her biggest moment again since season two. The girl, one of the girls, literally says, "Hey, let's do this so that we can have time on the beach and." barbecue again like a, hey i want to see you again let's not die on this stuff but right i thought that was i thought it was a good change of pace to give the girls a whole episode what yeah, do you think yeah and i also like with selkie's kind of taking that moment of so they are at the beach mm-hmm. um and you have a little bit of a typical <laughs> anime beach episode but for me i wish it wasn't as played up as the beach episode like in that manner like dressed in that manner because his point is very valid in that with the heroes constantly being confronted with evil fighting evil getting to enjoy the time that you are away from that and kind of hold that as this is what i'm protecting for the people of this world as well as you know Mm -hmm. yourself um is very important i just i feel like that could have been a little bit overshadowed with the fact we had essentially two beach scenes well, you had the one before, then you had the celebratory. Yeah, know? also, I'm mad. Spoiler alert, but the turtle that you see under the water, they eat that. I'm pissed. <laughs> yes. I am mad about that. Yeah. That was... Mm. I didn't even know they ate turtle like that. I... Ugh. But the biggest thing with this episode, besides being girl power, was um when they were talking at the end how the drugs were going to Europe, and they're like, what was well, in Europe? And then you have the post-credit scene. Yes, my hero had, these past couple episodes, a lot of post-credit scenes. And you have a movie tie-in. So those drugs were going, if you saw the guy, he was blue. He is in the latest My Hero Movie 3 trailers, which at the time of our recording is scheduled to come out in Japan this week. August 6th, 7th, I think, I believe. And it's supposed to come out. Yeah, it'll be this week. So you had the tie-in with that. So, And then he said, well, let's get our plan into action. So we see the anime tie-in to the movie at the end. So I've... That was super exciting. That was. That was really cool. And it was also like, dang it. So that part of the trailer probably came out right after this episode mm-hmm. did. So it like full, then you like actually knew what came after that post credit scene. Oof. Well, this is the guy. Well, maybe this, that main bad guy is going to be the one who somehow sets up Deku for mass murder that he's hunted. So that- that's going to be one of the biggest what if things in the movie that. Hopefully, we'll get in America in a couple in early 2022, maybe February, like Heroes Rising. That's when we got that. So. I'm actually hoping it comes out before Christmas, but that's just a hope and a prayer. That's a hope. <laughs> that is a hope. I'm uh, impatient. <laughs> anything else for 104? Uh, I don't really think so, no. So, 105, the first thing, because you talked about the credits with Hawks. Mm-hmm. I wanted, I just wrote this down for 105. At the beginning, where they're like showing all the people and stuff. Yeah. If you, I think. That they just foreshadowed who the top five in the class are. Because mm-hmm. they have, obviously, Midori in the middle. He's the main character. Bakugo, Todoroki, Su, Uraraka. Those are the five right in front. So I'm assuming those five are going to have a big... Well, we know three out of the five, definitely, are going to well, have yeah. a big say in this arc. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to point that out. And I was just like, well, Hiroshima, you were in the main spotlight season four. It's okay. Momo, Sukeomi. We do also know that um, Red Riot does have his work study again with that gum. And that he's with true. Tetsu Tetsu, which is just super cute. That's true. And also, to go back to two episodes, too, when 
they were talking about the heroes having improved or whatever, mm-hmm. the villains, and then Hawks was like, oh, no, they've improved. Then he started, like, because now the goal is to train the heroes up, like, I forgot to say, endeavors to train these three up that they're ready to fight in a war. If we fail, that we have to rely on the students' insurance, which honestly is kind of, at least in my opinion, a little backwards considering you've got the pros. It's like, if the pros fail, give it to the children. Yeah. Give it to the children. They well, don't know, but give it to the children. Well, they're assuming that if they all fail, when they mean fail, like if they all die. Right. So, like, and then you see, like, all of the students getting highlighted, and you see the people who get their important silhouettes, and we're trying to figure out who's going to be the keys to this war. and. We're going to see on that. But to go from there, uh, 105 starts with Endeavor having family regrets, talking about his dream of his family eating there, but he's not there. All of Having that. that dream every night. Yep. So then Todoroki's sister just calls him out of the blue and says, hey, Saturday night, bring Shoto and his friends over for dinner. I personally thought that was a terrible idea, but you were excited. I was excited for it because I just here's the thing though no no family dynamics change unless you force force that change you have to force a meeting you have to force conversation even beyond conversation you you need to force interaction so we did that case study on this family so we've already talked about it a little bit so make sure you listen to that because it ties directly into this episode yeah honestly a little too well it was Mm kind of creepy but anyway um yeah, I was very excited for the family dinner episode because I felt like I actually, when Midoriya mentions it, he's like, yeah, Shoto kind of told me a little bit about it. I completely forgot that Bakugo was waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. What the? This man must have a secondary, like, stealth quirk because he is in the, like, background of almost all of the important conversations between the students. What the hell is that? <laughs> anyway. Well, he's um, the best. Anyway, the only time he shuts his mouth is he's invisible, but every other time he opens his mouth, he's shouting to the heavens. It's fine. Anyway, um, it was just, it didn't, I hadn't perceived that Midoriya knew as much as he did when they were going to the dinner. Um, but it, it, for me, it's not funny in a ha-ha way. It's funny in kind of an ironic way that even Bakugo picked up on that tension in the room during dinner in two distinct moments and had the same reaction as Midoriya because typically he fights really hard to make sure that his reactions are different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I enjoyed that aspect of it. And something you didn't like was how much of the family drama got spelled out when when everybody left the room. And to be fair, that's pretty unusual i feel like because you know families with shit like that if you have guests over you put on that face you put on that facade and then you try to gloss over the situation where like uh shoto's older brother natsu just kind of is the one stirring the pot but he also leaves the dinner but yumi did try to cover that up and keep everything going but then as soon as Fuyumi and shoto are by themselves they like get into the meat of it and get kind of pretty deep with it right as Bakugo and Midoriya are helping to clean up the mess. So like personally, I feel like real life situation, most people are going to just ignore the fact that they heard that Bakugo though, much to your, (laughs) I feel much to most of our surprises, but to your glee, call them out on it. Like, bro, do not invite people over here. If you are going to talk about, 
your family problems yeah. when we're trying to help you clean up. Like, Cause, no. Because it ruined the food. Well, my big, yeah, because I had a huge problem with that. Also, when you told me how Japanese houses, the walls are super thin. Gener- generally, traditional Japanese houses, from what I understand, I'm not an expert, I will say. Um, it does seem like those sliding doors are, I don't want to say paper thin, but it's a thin material. So it's not like conversations in your house are extremely private if the rooms are all separated in this kind of like thin way. Yeah, so my problem is that if they are thin, why are you just talking willy-nilly while these people are here? And I guess my biggest thing, too, is Fuyumi is a damn teacher. Like, she is a teacher. And if we're just going to... Kindergarten it, teacher. Kindergarten teacher. So you have to know the current situation of the people around you. And kindergarten teacher, patience, like, obviously confidentiality. So my biggest thing, is my problem with her is I know everyone, like, loves her right now because she's... She's great, she's to be great, fair. She's great, but... It like, was just a lapse. It was truly it a lapse. It is a lapse, but she's also been trying to force this on yeah. her siblings, and I've had a huge problem with that because, especially with her being a teacher, she knows each kid learns differently, all that stuff. Reacts So she needs to know mm-hmm. that she... My, I know you actually hated it when they used the words getting over it. Yeah. But she got over it maybe quicker than the others, but the fact she's trying to force them quickly to do it and not letting them do it at their own pace, I've had issues with since That's seeing fair. her. That's fair. I, I did. I really hated that that phrasing. It could have been mistranslation, honestly, of like getting over what happened because, I mean, there's... Getting over is such a divisive kind of phrase in the sense of like some people see it as getting over it as like you forget about it like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. when that's not necessarily you know that's i don't feel like that's valid but um for her i feel like she hasn't gotten over it because she even mentions this is when we get the glimpse of her inner thoughts of like yeah i have those same feelings i have those same thoughts that natsu does she essentially is just car- compartmentalizing them to get the family together at this juncture because she realizes this could be their only chance. Yeah, but wouldn't she... But she's try, I feel like she's trying to orchestrate it like she in is. a fake way. Like, wouldn't you want the real way? And also, too, with her, too. Like, you just met Midori and Bakugo, and then you actually start really going into, like, your family. She started talking that, about Tuya, yeah. And Shoto even was like... Too. Shoto was like, I don't volunteer that information. She was just like... She didn't even pause to ask him if it was okay going. to share. She just went ahead and shared. I did not like so that, that either. So I didn't like either, too, like... I can I can understand if like Shoto and Midori I mean not Sh- Midori and Bakugo have known this stuff with the family since like they were kids and like they were coming over to the house like plus years like if you went from like Fuyumi considered uh, Midori and Bakugo as like her own younger brothers like if they've established that type of relationship mm-hmm. then I could get it but you just you literally just, just met, met them. them and the first thing you said to Midori when you met is like oh I saw you fight my brother at sports festival. That was three seasons ago, and that's your only recollection of the man. So it's like... Yeah, they are just just meeting, although she knows the impact that Midoriya's had on Shoto. So she, I feel like at least that relationship, Fuyumi and Midoriya, they also seem like similar characters, personality-wise. So it could be kind of an implied level of closeness. Unfortunate, maybe trauma bonding a little bit. Yeah, because but- <laughs> she also said, like, oh, thanks for being friends with... Um, my brother and all that jazz. And then Midori also, like, said his thing to Shoto about, like, he's in that stage. And of I- waiting. And honestly, I know you did not like that, but I feel like that was fairly accurate. Was it well-timed? Probably not. No, I just didn't like the fact that it was, like, just implementing it in real life. It's just like, mm, 
I don't know if you should be given your opinion right now because you don't know like the full like you're just learning this stuff and then you said that but it's just like I don't know because I always forget what he knows like does he know that his mom yeah so from what it stuff the scene after that like that's that's where it was a little confusing because he was he makes those comments about Shoto being kind and kind of in a waiting phase to see if he wants to forgive um Endeavor or, or well his dad not Endeavor because hero endeavor, fine. Dad, not so much. So, but then we cut to the next scene where they're kind of seated and like talking more so. And that's when it kind of comes out that Ma- Shoto had told Midoriya what, what was going on. And then Bakugo's like, I know about this too, because I was there. And Midori's like, what the hell? You were there. And then we peep the flashback where he's around the corner, like a stalker. Just, ugh. Anyway. Um... And that's also, that is when we get into the conversation about their older brother, Tuya. So I, I guess, like, comparing it to another anime, um, I guess with, like, Naruto, for instance. Mm-hmm. Just change, like, Sakura's not on Team 7. She's, like, an older person to Naruto and Sasuke. Like, right. And Sasuke and Naruto, obviously, we know what their relationship turned out at the end. But, like, at the beginning, if Sakura was just like, oh, yeah, and, like, Sasuke's family was all killed by his brother, just like divulging that information out to Naruto. And it's just like, that's really not, not your, your place. place. Like, you should have let Shoto be the one to tell Midoriya all that stuff, especially if you're trying to really kick Ida out of the best friend spot, which that is a debate now who is Midoriya's best friend, and put Shoto in there. Like, that should have been his moment. Like, I think it would have been better if that was a one-on-one conversation with Shoto and Midoriya. I do, too. I feel like we might get that later on, only because, like like we said, it was... Tuya was brought up, and Fuyumi was like, Oh, Shoto, you haven't, you haven't said anything about it? Not, not in that, you yeah, know, nonchalant of a tone. dead brother, yes. But he I was think. like, no, I, I don't volunteer that information. Mm-hmm. And then she just goes ahead. Like, that, that was weird. And again, we've already hit on that, that that was, that was a misstep. Because I feel like she should have at least asked him if she could say something. Um, we also see the shrine of him for the first time. Yes. And it took five seasons, but... We saw his photo. We saw the photo on the shrine yeah. several times, but not the actual shrine. Where he goes and actually prays, so that yep. was new. Yep. Um, and then, if I remember, this one had the end credit scene of the band, of the bad guy who's coming in 106. Yep, yep. Yep, so then we're at 106, and... Um, well, Natsu is actually walking home at the end of 105. You know, he's going, he's going to go on a date. He's a college student. I was going to say, we can totally tell he's talking to oh, yeah, he's, on the phone. Oh, yeah, he's going on a date. And then he gets kidnapped by this hero who's had a weird fetish fascination. Villain. With he gets kidnapped villain, by a villain. 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 Yeah, it was very weird because he's like, oh, I, I admire Endeavor. And we get a flashback of Endeavor during his peak, like, a-hole phase. And he's just like, oh, the arrogance of the light of the burning oh flames God, and blah, blah, blah. It's so weird. And then in the end of that, like, credit or the, yeah, post <laughs> credit scene, he's like, yes, Endeavor, I want you to kill me. And it was like, wait, wait, what? Well, it's kind of a, it's not the same, but it's a weird version of, I guess, his stain. Because stain said he, the only hero he would let him Get himself get killed by is All Might because he respects All Might. So if you think from that, he this uh, dude loves yeah, Endeavor. So, yeah. so he wants to be, he wants his life to end on Endeavor. And then you start off, and then Endeavor and 
is with his little, I guess, his version of an Alfred. Oh, driving in that his, was great. And his tiny car. And I know you really liked him because he was able to shut Bakugo up. Well, Bakugo was being rude. AF is normal and nobody ever says anything to him. Like, yeah, Midoriya tries to... Kachan, calm down. No, that's not enough, Midoriya. I'm sorry. I love you, but not enough. This man, I don't know his name. Bakugo does his little shouting. If you're such a, you know, important number one hero, you should get a bigger car. And the driver's like, and ever, why the heck do you drive brats around like this? Like, success really makes people change. And it's just like, and Bakugo's face was just like, oh, yes, thank you. So then Natsu gets thrown literally right in front of the car by this villain. That was crazy. Ending was what he was calling himself. So then they all burst out of the car. Endeavor's obviously not in the top of his game because... It's Even, his son. Yeah, it's his son, so you make irrational decisions like that. But then you get to see the improvements that Bakugo, Todoroki, and Midoriya all have made in, in a one week. week. And, one week. And Endeavor even comments, he's like, in just one week, you guys were able to make all of these uh, changes. So then they do their thing. They save the day. You have the moment between Natsu and uh, Endeavor, which as a normal person just in traffic, like, hey, can you pick this up? I gotta go home. I gotta go home. You're in the middle of the road. Also, you kept commenting, Commenting, this conversation is happening in public. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the public isn't gonna know exactly what Endeavor's saying he's going to atone for, but the fact that the number one hero is saying in public mm-hmm. that he has to atone for something should have been, like, a little bit of a red flag. But, yeah. So then you have that, and then they go back home, and he's starting with his atonement of they're gonna get um, a new home for them and the mom, which honestly, they should have got a new home anyway because a villain just pulled up to your house, house. so they literally just looked you up on yellow pages. <laughs> so, and that also goes back to a podcast we had, I think it was two ones ago, like a couple months ago, we talked about I was like, oh, we could just look up these people's like real name, like no one calls them by their real names, but you could show up to their house, right? Like, what? what is that? And I mean, I think we touched on that. Super early in like mm-hmm. this series, like series of podcasts called, too. He, yeah, he called um, Endeavor by his real name. We were just like, oh, we're just calling people by real name. Now we're showing up to their house, so it's like, okay. And then they're gonna get a house, and Endeavor is gonna stay in that house alone. And then we also in one hundred six have another end credit scene. So oh. my hero is dropping these end credit scenes. I know people usually watch the end of the credits to see the preview of the next episode but now they're doing end credit scenes too so they're really building this up i'm gonna say they're giving us a one two and it's great and then with the preview of 107 about man i know you were super um into the line they said like a tragic truth that's a gonna, tragic truth is gonna come out and it's like wait what because right before they say that line or right after is when they have like a flashback scene to aizawa's and uh president mike's mm-hmm. um academy days and there's a third person and it's like wait what and both president mike and as aizawa in 107 are going to go visit um is it kagiri Mm -hmm. um there's the shadow dude in tartarus and it's like wait what so is he connected to the to the trio is he the third person in this trio like what is this tragic truth well if you uh, make another connection like Naruto is how as I was in the Kakashi role. Right. And then um, Mike is happy go like the guy. Yeah. The guy mode. If this is if he's the third person, this could be this could be Azawa's Obito. Yeah. Which then could really like stir some 
Stir some emotions, stir, stir some memories, really get things kicked off. I wonder also if... Is it Konigiri or Kigiri? Anyway, it was uh, Tomura's right-hand dude with the neck brace and the fog head, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, I wonder if he's going to drop any like subtle kind of comments about the liberation movement um, to Aizawa and present Mike. I wonder if they're going to question him about that. Because from what we understand, only that like commission talks who's working essentially as a double agent and endeavor know about the impending um war yeah. and that that army has what was it ten thousand no, hundred thousand a hundred thousand bodies so it's a hundred thousand it's not just villains too it's heroes. heroes so like with this episode like ending and stuff now just general stuff what i guess what would make a hero turn to the liberation army like what you brought up the things about using quirks more freely and not being held to a higher standard. Like, you just can't go out there and start killing everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's like, would that really make you turn and kill the people you were, like, swearing to protect? protect right. Because the heroes ain't going to just die in this. Normal people will die in this war, too. That's true. That's very true, as in any war, unfortunately. Um, I just don't... No, I feel like... There has to be deeper motivations than that that are going to be highly personal to each. I'm going to call them former heroes because you can't mm-hmm. you can't be a hero and then fight in a war against, you know, civilized society. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you are you're fighting for anarchy, for total chaos, because if people are able to use their quirks without any sort of um, impingement, it's just. Then we get into the whole thing that Nine was talking about. Only those with the strongest of quirks are going to rule over everybody else. And so it's going to be mayhem all of the time with constant fighting to be who's going to be the person at the top. And I'm sorry, but honestly, if that's truly the motivation for more than a couple of these heroes, it's like, y'all couldn't even be the top of the totem pole as heroes. What makes you think you're going to be the top of the totem pole when every single person gets to use their quirks? however the hell they want to well probably because they're assuming those people who are at the top are going to be dead <laughs> because they're going to have the license to kill them and those heroes will not that's fair. so that's what they're probably thinking um too and they said a hundred thousand so now when i'm watching i don't know about you but when i'm watching these episodes now and like i'm looking at like the top 10 heroes and stuff i'm like which one of them's a traitor because someone in See? the top 10 has to be a traitor too you, you think d- in, oh, in the top 10 absolutely you know it's not Endeavor. Well, no. And then Hawks was number two. Yeah. So it's not him right now. Blue Genus <laughs> is literally in a body bag, so it's not him. I don't think it's the Dragon Lady. She was ten. Um, and then you have the one girl who everyone loves now, the Bunny. Mirko. Mirko. I. She's. I don't think it's her. She's no. too abrasive. So it's like I really think someone in, the, someone in the top ten, definitely in the top twenty. Plot. Some they're all someone's there are traitors. Plot twist, it's the washing machine hero. That one. <laughs> I am not I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's probably a good character. I'm just the concept blows my mind that we have a washing machine hero and they're in the top ten. Yeah. We're just turning the cycle from hero to villain. That's what's happening. I have to pull up that top ten and like lit, go through all the names and like traitor, maybe, maybe. And now it's like look at the teachers now. Which one of them's a traitor? Like at the schools, like because it's one of those things, too, where... It's too systematic and too, like, it's infiltrated into the system. So there has to be one everywhere, oh, or yeah. at least some that can cover multiple spots. Yeah, because I just wanted to, like, 
apply to real life stuff like people like voting because mm-hmm. you think just because you work somewhere that people have the same ideals as you definitely not, not the case right there are people there and you might be working you have a great working relationship but like outside you guys are voting on completely different things Pages. so it's oh, like yeah. and this is like oh yeah we're great teachers we want to see the next generation and then one of the teachers is like yeah i want to see the next generation be more free and have rain and wants the liberation army because a hundred thousand people and they're just talking about japan yeah that's what i'm thinking about. i was like i know there are teachers at that school or like pro top heroes who are about to betray like I- well we saw one just he popped up out of nowhere and it's like oh interesting and then we see him again next time oh meeting about the liberation movement and he's i mean it's weird because he's still in that hero pose on his tippy toes and i think his cape is you know flapping and he's ang- like his tone of voice his way of speaking is totally different i also even though she's probably not i'm gonna just i was think random i'm probably gonna be wrong anyone who's read the manga would know that i'm probably wrong but mount lady traitor she's tired of people just <laughs> Wanted her because of her body and her looks. So she's like, you know what, fuck, I'm just going to kill them all too. Traitor. And I, she's like, this is the chance where I could kill Midnight. Traitor. Why would she do that? No. then she'd be no. the top R-rated hero. I'm just saying, there's someone there who's a traitor who we're not thinking is a traitor and is going to end up being a traitor. Yeah. Yeah, but um, the thing about having having a rat having a mole is like you start suspecting everybody so then you can't trust anybody so that's the other downside of having this kind of dilemma is that's what endeavor is dealing with now he has the biggest hero agency in the country how many of those sidekicks are traitors that, like they could be feeding them information about how his agency works and then when they show up when it's not when he's not there blow it up that's the thing now it's like you have to think like that Surprisingly, we haven't seen him make a comment to that effect. How many sidekicks does he have? Because he has a ton. I thought it was over 30. Yeah. But also, too, with um, going back to 103, part of that meeting, Hawks, was they were talking about, like, have you been passing this book out yeah. to all the heroes? And we only know that Endeavor's the one who got, like, highlighted. Which other top or big people got the highlighted part? Right, right. Because there was also, when that got mentioned, there was a moment of he- hesitation that we see where he's like, oh, shit. and. Nope. Everything went through, seemed to be functional, but it's like, yeah, I mean, for Hawks, if he's supposed to be handing these out to every single hero... Mm-hmm. They're trying to turn everyone. Exactly. They're trying to turn everyone, and how many of those copies are coded? How many people can he trust to give the coded copies to? Mm-hmm. Because if he gives a coded copy to somebody who he can't trust, then he's dead as, as a spy. Like he, And then we lose our one connection to their potential plans and movement. Well, what if you talked about it, like if Azawa and them are talking and they find out something about the liberation thing, if they go tell the wrong person, Hawks gets exposed anyway. Right. And he had nothing to do with that connection. Right. So it's like, right now the only one is Endeavor, but sooner or later, you're going to have to tell people because you're going to have to mobilize. And prepare for this massive war. Yeah. Because that's the thing too, like when... And Hawk said he would, like, leave a signal, which... That he was going to have a signal, just one signal, and it's just like... To go back to your thing, what if it's that's the end credit scene? Like, the credit scene that we see at the end with those three and um, Endeavor with the feathers coming down? Yeah. That could be the signal. Everyone in the country would be like, 
oh, there's just random red feathers going around. and then Like, Hawks is doing something, and then for them, they... Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. For them, they know what that means. It means it's go time, and... They're going to yeah. have to... It's crazy, because they are going to have to try and secretly mobilize their own entire... Hero force that isn't turned. That isn't turned is the key point. Because, like, getting all the heroes together, in theory, is not that difficult, but obviously... Because if you get the wrong one, they're going to go tell. They're like, hey, they're mobilizing a counter thing, and they're going to be ready in four months. What do we do? Let's speed the timetable. Let's do it today. Right. They are villains. They're like, fuck it. That's the thing, too. It's like, who? It's who do you trust? And and he knows the show is always now it's like, what can this planet do post All Might? Because this was not happening when All Might was at his, when he had powers. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is going to. This is probably going to be Endeavor's lasting legacy as the number one hero. If they can find a way, pull this off, minimize, fe- minimize casualties, and win the war. Because this is a war now, so it's like, we know someone is, people aren't going to make it out. And, we, and the students are the last hope, which somehow they'll get on the front lines. Some of them are not going to make it out, which don't is, say that. Don't it's say the that. truth. I know. Just don't say that. No. Just think no, about no, no, the no, Naruto no. war. We thought all the students were going to survive and Neji was. Well, no, no, no. We actually, I, from what I understood, there had been a, a, a statement released that said somebody, from what I understood, in, the, in Team 7 was supposed to die, but then it ended up being Neji. Not that losing Neji is any less impactful because that did not need to happen. Oh, yeah. But, not... yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> so it's like someone's going to go and it's just going to be like, who? And then it's like, who are the, who's going to save them? Like, obviously, since it's, I mean, it's his show, Midoriya will probably have the final battle. He'll probably fight. But he's still going to need somebody to back him up, to oh, heal yeah. him. Like, he's, Aerie's going to need to. But I don't think they put her on the front lines. Oh, because no, then sure. you change the war from fighting to then, can we beat the heroes and secure Aerie? Because we know from last season, she can make the, if we abuse her, she can make the shots. Then we really have control over the world. We do what we want. All the goody goody heroes are gone. And if a hero doesn't want to, if a hero's trying to be goody goody, we'll just shoot him with a uh, quirk bullet and then they have no quirk. So I, I think putting Aerie on the field somewhere, even though she'd be the greatest support character, mm-hmm. would be too yeah, dangerous. That's true. Well, she, her quirk is still not c- well controlled. So having her out in general is dangerous. Um, well, I think, I mean, but I think she's inadvertently working to help save the people. Because, oh, for sure. Because they have that Project Rebirth. So that's obviously going to come full circle on Project Rebirth saving somebody, saving somebody or the final ploy and stuff. But just a quick thing on the big three with Najiri Hado. I think Momo should have been gone to her a long time ago and learned from her because she also produces like energy from her body and right. like, she's able to sustain in a way she doesn't get tired yeah and she can fight like see but her with neji raises it's her life force so it's like an there's a limit obviously but it's it's not a tangible substance with momo to that point of like not being affected momo needs actual fat so for me obviously this would be against kind of the whole fan service thing quote unquote but she probably needs to do things more like fat gum and build up lots of stores of fat so she can create more. Is she going to be as 
physically proficient depends she's also one of those that i've harped needs more hand-to-hand combat training but so it's it's i feel like that's they're a different, little bit different but i think they're they're this they're similar type concepts that you're getting something from yourself true like how can how can you get the most out of yourself and not be one of those people that you have to be protected by like because when momo's out she's out like from Hado, from what we've seen she's never been like she could still like do a big inputs of her own life force but still be effective to run away and like that's why I think Momo needs to like, like to your like thing that you just said about maybe storing some fat, but she needs to be able to go max output and not be a liability after. That's, that's true. the worst. But we're going to a war now. She can't just shoot two cannons and be tired, or someone's gonna cut her head off. So it's like, well, with the way going back to the movie Heroes Rising, I feel like she's gonna be in this war. I feel like her role is gonna be more. I don't want to say behind the scenes, but more secondary in creating like emergency supplies because that's what she did mm-hmm. immediately after nine and his little cronies attacked the island is it was making all of the necessary like um bandages medical supplies like that type of stuff so i feel like she's going to be more in a support role in that sense um rather than i feel like that would be the best utilization of her skills at this point um unless we see more growth from her which i definitely hope for my only problem with that is that we have so many heroes right now who can be support and recon and all but when it when they're gonna come to the front lines and bust down their doors i don't even know if we have enough like fighting heroes i I think i've seen more recon type i know we have so it's just like we can't just have 10 people fighting a hundred thousand right they're gonna die like my, I guess from a strategic standpoint, just in my brain, if I, well, see, that's the thing, too, he hasn't paid much attention. If I was in my hero, mm-hmm. and I was in Endeavor's spot, yep. I would, one, well, I guess he's learning with those people, learn all the students' quirks, because they're the fail-safe, not just class 1A, everyone's. Honestly, if we knew a war was coming, I would give everyone headphones, and then on a big speaker from Jiro, have, um... Shincho, tell everyone to stop. They don't know that's coming, and if they hear his voice, the war, the bad people, gotta stop. Mm. Like I do that, and then Endeavor can do hell, prominence burning, but they're not gonna think like that. And no, because I, because Class One B is going to be needed. That school where can't like Gammy and the Wind Dude are at, they're gonna be needed. And the other school that we kind of just forget about, where the dude that kind of looks like Midoriya but has mm-hmm. the weird little best thing as a they're shirt. gonna be needed too. But that's like fifty people. I don't right. even know if I can name 50 people in my hero academia, hero-wise, who can fight. And they're about to go against 100,000. Like, those odds are at least the Naruto. Well, they had nations. That's true. But we also, I mean, part of it is that we focus on, I believe it's specific cities. And we've only really seen, what, two? Three? Mm-hmm. And so the different hero agencies, like the big ones, are spread out. They're not all in the same city. But on top of that, there's smaller hero agencies. Then you have the reference. I, I don't mean to keep referencing Heroes Rising, but you had that one island where you had a, one random hero. So, like, they'd have <laughs> to pull from everywhere. So there's, like, at least thousands of heroes that we don't know about. And obviously, since we don't know about them, they're probably not top tier, and they're probably not that important. But they could come into play, and at least that's bodies on the ground. Because you can't... You can't expect that 100,000 
opposing force to have broken all broken quirks. Are they all going to be using those drugs? Yes. Well, just think about it from here. So you had a piece of paper, 100,000, and this is just the hero slash villains. Yeah. Then you got to throw in, because I know they're probably not counting, then you're going to throw in some no moves. We've oh, only seen two. Shit. We've only seen two people beat Nomu's, oh. and they're the previous. And this All Might and, and Endeavor, um, Endeavor, and Endeavor I mean, almost died. He did, almost and that died. was a weaker note. So it's like if you throw in, just think about like, oh, just no. think about if Thanos is like in Avengers Endgame, like all those people came, and Captain America really tried to fight them all by himself before everyone else came. Oh, that's Lord. what would happen. Because it's like y'all got to know how to kill a Nomu. It's like, so that's what I'm thinking too. Like, all those people, and it's like, knowing that a war is coming, it makes me really miss Night Eye. Because Night Eye would have been able to organize. Yes. He would be able to meet, because they were able to organize, and only those people knew about it. Like, it was hush hush. It was secret. It was, yeah, wow. And I mean, like, obviously, he, but he garnered respect because he was all might. You, you were the former number one hero in the world's sidekick. But I would think that if you're the current number one hero, you can do that. Res- you can garner that respect too. So it's like it makes me miss him because he would have been able to organize this, and we would have had a plan. Yeah. I mean, you saw how the raid went; they had a plan. So it's like they need an organizer like mm-hmm. that, and they need someone to galvanize the troops. And Endeavor is not—he's the number one hero, but is he a person where if he calls, you automatically come and you're inspired by him to fight? Because this is going to be. Don't be wild. Yeah, because I was just thinking of those Nomus. I completely forgot about... I cannot believe I forgot about the Nomus, but I totally did. Maybe that's what Shinsho will be used for with Jiro, that you put him on a mic making somebody else's voice. I don't remember who's exactly. Probably Shigaraki's or somebody telling them to stop. It'd be Shigaraki's. Could you imagine... But what if the thing is, like, if it's 100,000, what if it's half hero villain, half Nomus? Like, I don't know what's worse. Having 100,000, like, humans and then Nomu's? Oh, no, having, Nomu's for sure. Having 50,000. for no. sure. I, I don't know what they're about to do. It's, <sighs> this is going to be crazy when we see it animated. So. Dang it. Dang it. Oh, no. No, no. I and didn't sh- have that much anxiety after watching episode 106, but now I do. Thank and you And Ragi's going to have a glow up. He's due. So he's going to get randomly powerful. And God forbid if during this liberation war where they have all hands on deck and they don't protect the jail, and all for one breaks out. Oh, he's breaking out. We know. Yeah, but I don't know if he's breaking out out in this war. Because that would be, that would. I feel like he has to break out. But then they'd lose because they have no one who can beat him. Hmm. Like, who would beat him right now? All Might was the only person with one for all to beat him. He killed the previous. Deku's the ninth? He, Not, killed, yeah, he but, killed the previous seven yeah. in a row. Like, well, right, because we figured out he's the exact same one. He's not a reincarnation. Mm-hmm. He just kept killing them. So, oh, it's going to be. Andrew, any other things that you want to hit on? I mean, because it's been so long. Any other My Hero stuff? I know that we've talked about, like, trying to rank Class 1A from uh. 1 to 10, or, like, who are the top. Top girls in Class One A. If who would win in a fight, Momo or Uraraka? Uraraka wins in a fight. I feel like because once she eventually gets close or closes in on her, Momo can't fight. Uraraka at least can fight. Yeah, but Uraraka's gonna have to dodge cannons. Yeah, literally. She also dodged Bakugo in the you know way back in the day. So like, 
way back. <laughs> way back in the day. When they were youngins and there were no wars. <laughs> there were no wars. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, and we'll see how it really ties in because the movie is coming out in Japan next week. So oh, they're man. obviously going to get the super jump on us because they'll have yes. an episode and a movie and we're going to have to wait. I know the biggest, the last time we had to wait from another anime is when they got the Demon Slayer movie um, way before us and it was breaking all these records and we're just sitting here and we couldn't watch it on any YouTube, any of those sites. We couldn't find it until it finally came to the States. So I really hope it comes out super quick. My only concern is that we haven't had an English dub trailer for the movie. Right. We've only had, so that means it's just like. They're, uh, they're, they're holding out. They're holding out. Well, they need to drop it. Soon. <laughs> Anything else that you want to talk about before we sign off? Nope, I'm good. I feel like I talk about the Todoroki family and all those secrets and all that nastiness coming out a little too much. So I, I, I am good. I'm glad You're to be back talking about it. You're invested in the family. Oh, I am. I very much am. <laughs> um, with that being said, thank you, Andrea, for being back, talking to my hero. We're right in the thicks of we're preparing for a war, a war, and most of the people on the show do not know a war is going to happen. Right. Like, we're in a place where the main character of the show does not know a war is going to happen, which I never spells out good. Right. And so, definitely happy to be back talking my hero. Um, with the Todoroki thing, especially episode 105, after you watch that episode and you listen to this, make sure you go back and listen to when we actually dedicated a whole podcast on the Todoroki family. It definitely ties into this uh, episode 105. And yeah, this is a great great time for my hero in anime and we will not take a one month hiatus again hopefully not sorry y'all <laughs> sorry and with that being said thank you everyone for listening to the l7c podcast you guys take care thank you for listening to this episode of the l7c podcast be sure to like rate review and subscribe to the channel Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.